2: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight
3: loss. Just to kind of reiterate a few few things. Um, Credit. um, We talked about credit bureau versus credit score. Does anybody remember that? What would I mean by saying that? What is a credit bureau? Can somebody tell me what a credit bureau is? I'm going to start calling out some names. I don't like to do it, but I'm going to do it. And the first name sorry, Alicia, your name begins with an A, so your name came up first. Alicia, what is a credit bureau? What does it do in its function? Are you there?
2: I think this may be her first week this week, so I'm not 100 percent sure if she was able to um get that information.
3: Okay.
4: Can, I, can I answer? Yes, please. Um, it's like when like like a company or something gets money. I mean, not money. Um, like information, like like about like, your credit and your ratings, and it's like I, I don't I don't completely remember, but like it's something like that, right?
3: Yeah, you're on the right track. So a credit bureau is really just, is there are three companies that are recognized in the United States, the most popular ones, which is Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. And their job is that kind of anything, the rule of thumb is anything that you put your tax, when someone requires your tax ID has the potential, or your social security number, as you may call it, has the potential to appear on your credit report. So this is why we always say you have to guard your tax ID. Don't just give it out. To each and everybody, um, you know, know if you're co-signing somebody for something for a loan and they don't pay that loan, potentially you could be the one having to pay for it. And if you don't pay for it, it's going to affect your credit. And as simple as that sounds, I've known so many people that have gotten um, messed up by that, messed up their credit because they were trying to help somebody out. All right. So they record, they just gather information, record all the activity, record your credit card payment if you're on time, if you pay it late record your mortgage, record your loans, record your student loan, how your payments are, anything that you have to provide your tax ID could potentially show up on your credit report. Does that make sense? Can I get some thumbs up? Yes?
4: Yeah, it makes sense.
3: Okay, so then let's ask, then what's the credit score? What's that? Can anybody answer what that is?
4: Um I think like a credit score is like where like when you have like a a credit card or something it like tracks how much like um money you use and pay back or like I don't know.
3: Okay so let's 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 compare it to like your report card or your GPA. Your GPA is just a numerical summation of your your report card, right? Of how well you did, right? Instead of like looking at all the detail in your report card or your class, every class specifically, your GPA just sums all that up, correct? It gives it a number value, correct? Yes? And it's a grouping, so they know that everybody with a 4.0 GPA has X amount of potential to learn, and, you know, schools can be like, we're we're accepting students with a 3.5 GPA and above. We want students with a 3.0 GPA. It's able to put a number behind your academic performance. Well, a FICO score is the same thing. It's putting a number behind your credit performance. So instead of having to look at all the detail about your credit report, you can look at somebody's FICO score and, and, and kind of get an out, kind of get a quick snapshot of how they are, how credit worthy they are. And this, in these credit bureaus, you know, just getting back, they're a business. So Equifax TransUnion, Experian, they sell this information. Every time you get a credit card offer in the mail, it's coming from the reason why they are sending you an offer because they pulled a report from one of these three organizations and determined that we want to send Ramon uh, American express black card because he's so credit worthy. He makes so much money at good shepherd and we just like his style and flavor. We are going to give send an award, an offer out to American express black card while humble Sean, they're like, we're just going to offer him the basic blue card because he don't got the swag that Ramon has. And his credit score is not up to par where Ramones is. So that's kind of how it's done. It's a way in which, you know, when you have a business, if I have a business, I, if somebody comes into my store and is like, hey, can you give me credit for, can you, give, can you ship my stuff for free for the next month and I'll pay you at the end of the month? You know, if they to me, if they had a great credit score and I show that they paid other vendors on time and they weren't an issue, then I might do it. But if there's somebody that by looking at their credit report that they show infrequent payments, not paying on time, then I then might be a little bit more reluctant. So you can look at a credit score as the same as your GPA but with regards to credit. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, wonderful. So the lowest your score can be is 300. And we can all agree that nobody in this class will ever, 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 ever have a 300 credit score. Correct?
4: Correct.
3: Right. I've never seen one. I don't even know if they exist, but that's where they start at. And then the highest score you can obtain is 850. And why do you think we call Jeff AK Mr. 850? Because he has a dun dun, 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 dun perfect um, credit score. You um, and, you know, can, can you get a perfect credit score? Okay. Yes, you can. Yep. And I believe everybody on this call, including myself, will one day have a perfect credit score. But you know, the key factor is, is time. You can't just pay your bills for a month straight and be like, "Huck, I don't have an 850 credit score? It's looking at historically how well you have paid on time. So the longer you have established credit and continue to do the right things, your credit score will increase. That's why I think I like to encourage people to establish credit as early as possible and start paying on time so that by the time you're ready to do something big, like purchase your first home, you know, maybe get a car, maybe get a business loan or something of that nature, you already have a good credit. Because the, the, the worst thing to be in a situation is where you have all these great ideas, you want to do this great initiative, but they come and tell you, well, you don't have enough credit history or what's your credit score. And that's, that's hindering you from doing what you want to do. So I believe as soon as you turn 18, try to establish yourself with just even a credit card with a thousand dollar limit. Paid off in full every month. Once again, paid off in full every month. Don't bite more than you can chew and start building your credit. So, you know, before somebody asks a question, yes, I believe the best way to build your credit is establish like a little credit card, pay it off in full every month, put a balance on it, put your little food, or your, when you're hanging out with your friends, a t-shirt on it, whatever you want, but only put on what you can afford in that given month and then pay it off. And it's much better than using cash. And we'll talk about that later. Um, Sean, I have one quick
2: question that, um, I think might, might also help to just, uh, I guess, uh, bring this to light more. Um, but, um, in regards to, let's just say if we do end up accruing a balance on our credit card and we haven't been able to pay it off for a couple of weeks, um, would you, would you say that paying more than your minimum amount or the minimum payment, um, can have your score still be positively affected in that time or the fact that you still have a large amount that you haven't paid off yet. Um, and uh, would that cause it to still decrease or, or I guess relatively which one would be more, would it increase more or would it decrease more?
3: Sorry. sum of your question one more time, Nigel, let me do. That. Sorry. So
2: basically like, let's just say if I wasn't able to pay off a large amount or if I put a thousand dollars down on my card um, right. and I wasn't able to pay that off by the end of the month, <laughs> Um, and let's just say I was able to get that down to 500. And for the next couple of pay periods or weeks, I still have a balance, but I'm paying it off pay period by pay period. So every two weeks, I'm putting like $100, but my minimum payment's only 25. Um, okay. But do you think you'd still see a positive increase in the credit? Absolutely. I, I,
3: I know people that carry balances have great credit scores, okay. but you don't want to do the minimum payments because what does that look like to you? use yeah. the word all the time. Please tell desperate. me the word, Nigel. <laughs> I, I wasn't, trust me, I wasn't going to forget it. Desperate, desperate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, you know, the downside of not paying in full, Nigel, is what? Say you're, it doesn't affect your credit score as much as you would think, as long as you're paying, like, you know, if you're paying four times what's due. I don't think it's going to have a, a negative impact on your credit score. It's showing that you're making payment. You're not. But what is it going to impact then? Your um, interest. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay interest. You're going to pay fees. And what is a workaround? If you know coming up to your credit card being due that you're not going to be able to make the payment, what is a, what is a workaround, Nigel? You've been in this program long enough. What is a workaround? What could well, I'm you sorry, do? can you
2: repeat the first half of your sentence again? It kind of. If chopped
3: you it. see, like, to me, this is knowing your business. You know, I had a boss that also say, know your business, okay? So if you forecast down the road, and I'm always thinking, I know my credit card balances right now, and I'm always thinking, how eloquent am I? Can I afford to make the full payment? And if I see 30 or so days in advance, that i'm not able to make the payment what is something that i could do if i have great credit tell me to avoid paying the can, interest
2: can't you technically also just um even have conversations with the bank at times too if you've had um good credit over over time i know that we can
3: you can, that. you can explore that option you can explore mm-hmm. that but how can you what's another option controlling your own fate
2: um give me one second i'm trying to. Think and i just
3: is. did something similar not for that reason but i just did mm-hmm. it because of, you mean like
2: opening up a new credit card and transferring that balance over so that you have...
3: There you go. Exactly. You, okay, balance. You, get, yeah. <laughs> you can do a balance transfer for a zero interest credit card, right? And bring mm-hmm. it over. Like I just applied for a Capital One card because it gives you 100,000 points when you first sign up for the card. And that's like a two free round trips just to uh, get a credit card. Oh, wow. And I got the idea from an early episode of Two Black Guys of Good Credit. I was just re listening because we rewrite like to replay them since my friend passed away. And I, and I still learned stuff from listening to old episodes. I was like, oh, this is so I applied for the Capital One card, got approved. And now that hopefully is going to cover my birthday trip in April because I want to go to Africa for my birthday in April. So hopefully it'll cover the trip. And this is just planning ahead, forecasting, seeing things, and trying to keep your money in your pocket. So if you know, like keep, uh, keeping it 100% with yourself, oh my God, I think it's going to be tight for me the next bill pay- period then you can do something of that to be creative, mm-hmm. to avoid paying the interest. The hustle is trying to pay minimal fees every month.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: All right, um, let's go to the next slide. Does anybody have any questions? Am I going too fast? Does everybody understand? I know we're bringing a lot of other things. And it was be a hard to keep going. chat um, from Ralph. He asked what number exactly do you start out with when you try to build your credit? as far as a credit card, what, 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 I mean, what balance do you what try score? To what
5: score? What score you start with
3: yeah. versus school. And like, I don't know if I spoke about this. I think I did like, you know, FICO score is a proprietary um, asset, meaning that they don't, it's like, you know, McDonald's doesn't give the secret to the sauce for it's big Mac. KFC, I've gone to so many barbecues or so many friends house and they told me they got KFC chicken in their house. I'm like, where'd you get it from? Well, my mom made it. It tastes just like KFC. I'm like, yep, yep. And I've never gone to somebody's house and had homemade chicken that tastes just like KFC chicken or Popeye's chicken. So my point is, is that you don't really know the secret driving. You can know the the, the ingredients, like they'll expose the ingredients. Yeah. We use salt, we use breadcrumbs, we use this, but you'll never know that the actual mix and what percentage goes into these things. So it's subjective. I can't tell you. If you open up, we both started, are 18 years old, and we both checked our credit score. We both lived on the same block, ate the same food, went to the same school, did the same things. There's probably a slim chance that you and I will start off the same credit score. You may start off at 500. I may start off at 550. And don't ask me why. It's a proprietary algorithms that FICO has that they really don't share. But all I can tell you is that you have to keep the practice of paying your bills on time, being financially responsible, and in time, regardless of what you started at, your credit score will jump up. I hope that answers your question. And I, you know, as a gut feeling, I think everybody starts off. I think somewhere like I don't know if Jeff, you would agree, probably somewhere in the five hundred range. Don't hold me to
5: Yeah, or they, they could be near the six in the sixes, six twenty, six fifty. Sometimes. Uh,
3: yeah. But I think there's an immediate impact if you start off. Right away and it depends number. on
5: what kind of card you're getting.
3: Yeah. And if you don't have a lot of history and like just for example, you start off at a 650 and you have one credit card and you miss payments on that. Your score is going to drop big time by that one missed payment because you only have one trade, meaning one card that's being showing up on your credit report. And if you're mishandling that, that means you're mishandling 100 percent of your credit. So right away, one payment, if you have one credit card or you're just starting off, could hugely impact your credit score versus if like Jeff missed a payment on one of his many credit cards.
4: Yeah,
5: and Sean, I want to add that with this card you're getting, you got to look at the fine print. And the fine print always says, it's, you're going to start out normally around 19 to the 29 or 32% interest So if you start out with one card and you miss a payment, that interest is going to get adjusted that they're going to start charging you. And you do not want to start on the wrong foot. Your banks are going to charge you very little to have a savings account, but the credit card companies are going to gouge you with interest on anything you leave in the uh, account. So if you spend $1,000, you're going to get hit hard each month for that $1,000 bill if you do not pay it in full. Uh, And as Sean said, you wanna only use the card to pay for things that you can pay for each month in cash. So I guess we're ready to go to the next slide.
3: Okay, so this, which slide? This one is the next slide. Okay, so this slide is about factors determining your credit score and this is just an outline for you to understand good practices and best practices and and bad practices so it's just it's a really good thing that you should actually take a picture of and it kind of gives you an idea of the give or take the percentage wise that will affect determining having a great credit score so the most important thing is your payment history and like we've been saying all along paying on time paying on time How many days are you late on a payment? And so, you know, in the credit bureau's eyes, late is if you pay, you have a grace period of 30 days of something getting reported. Uh, The banks or credit lenders do not report anything less than 30 days. So basically, you can be 29 days late on a payment and it won't affect your credit score. But what will it affect will be that you're going to pay late fees, you're going to pay penalties. So it's going to affect your pocket, but it wouldn't affect your score. If you potentially paid everything 28 days late, you could still have a perfect credit score because by law, they don't report anything less than 30 days. But like I said, it's going to be a very costly habit. So I don't encourage it, but it's just a good thing to know when it comes to paying what's get, what gets reported to the credit bureau. So anything over 31 days late is what's being reported, okay? Okay. Um, and that's like the number one impact to your credit score. Credit utilization rate, amount owed. So I always like to use that word desperate. That's like 30% driving what your credit score would be. So if you're, if you're cutting it close, if you're only paying minimums, if you're only playing just enough that you can scrape by, it shows desperation. It shows that you can't afford to do more than what you're currently doing. And if you're, and if you're maxed out your credit cards, it shows that you're you're living beyond your means. And I know like in my community growing up, it was so common to say, oh, my credit cards are maxed out. I just went to Aruba and I just maxed out my cards. I just went hung out with my friends and we got lit and we just maxed out the cards at the bar. You know, I don't care. This affects your score. not your smile like you've been there. <laughs> yeah. But that's how the conversation goes. You know, I know when I was growing up, And it's just, it's sad because it it really affects you. So you should still be somewhat responsible. If you know you're the person that likes to go and hang out with your friends and go to the bar, just walk with a certain amount. You know, when that's gone, it's gone. But don't go with an open-ended credit card. You know, I don't even know how the people do it. Like when they always say, oh, leave your, should we just leave the tab open and leave your card at the bar? Listen, call me Mr. Cheapo. I'm not that guy. I know, let's just, let's just charge it out one, one drink at a time, okay? As I, bring me back my card. I don't need you to keep an open tab on my credit card. And, you know, and then I'm nervous all night at the bar, wondering what this bill is going to be like.
5: So I, I'd like to ask the question to the students. How many students are looking to shift over to a credit card this year? You can put yes in the, in the chat, or you can put no, I'm sticking with the debit card.
4: Let's see. Yes, no's. Okay. You
6: have a couple of responses come. Oh, okay. It's looking like mostly yeses. People are excited about the credit card. Some people aren't, which is, which is fine, too. I can't wait to hear the reasoning.
2: Yeah, definitely the reasoning, man. Hey, what's the reason? Anybody want to unmute themselves? Um, and even if you don't know, why don't you know?
7: It's
6: so okay to need more information. Yeah, Hayden, you can go ahead and share.
7: Uh. I'm, I'm a little afraid of switching to a credit card because um, I want to, for, for one thing I want to, yes, I want to buy some things and I already have some things in mind that I want to buy. But right now, um, with the first paycheck coming on Friday, I want to um, spend it on some things that I need as to things that I want, because I feel like the things that I want, um, I feel like, honestly, it could wait. Cause um, cause I'm honestly scared to like pull money out of my card and I don't know how much. And sometimes you go what's out your, of control. What's but... your
3: fear? What's your fear? Let me let's Well, that is
7: my now. fear um, of not like not really knowing how much I'm really pulling out of my card, with all these purchases, like especially buying the things that I want as to things that I need. Cause like, I'm, I'm scared that I might go off track with
3: uh, the whole spending thing. So that's not a card problem. That's a, as they like to say now, that's a you problem right well yeah because and i feel like with the debit card i feel like i can i can
7: spend whatever i want on there and keep my money like what i'm saving safe
3: so okay so let's just talk about that so you'd prefer to use a debit card versus a credit card because you just feel like you may not have the discipline enough to control your spending habits correct
7: yeah, and, um, and I want it to, uh, and I want everything to be in a safe place because like with a debit card, you can put as much money as you want and you can spend it like just like that. Meanwhile, with the credit card, since it comes out of your, it, since it comes out of your account, then um, yeah, I, felt, I felt like a debit card would be safer. Okay,
3: so what are the trade-offs and anything with business-wise? You have to look at the pros and cons to your decision, right? And figure out what's the best decision for you. So by you opting to use your debit card versus your credit card to purchase goods and services, what are the trade-offs? What are you losing out? What opportunities are you losing and what opportunities are you gaining? I
4: feel like there's like a difference, like, and like maturity wise with a debit card and a credit card. Cause when you have a debit card, yeah, you can save your money. But when you have a credit card, like it shows you like how you have to like pay back. Like when you buy things, you have to pay it back. And it's like, it's, I don't know. Like, it's, you know, it's, you're, just you're better your I love what you said. I love
3: what you said as far as maturity, because it definitely is a sense of maturity and understanding and being um, responsible because, you know, like I said, I remember I gave you the story a couple weeks ago when I taught at a school in the Bronx with mostly kids of color and they had this mentoring program by these wall street brokers. And they immediately, when I told them that I believe young people should establish credit as early as possible They immediately stood up and said exactly what you just said. We don't think these room of kids are mature enough or responsible enough to manage credit. And they're just going to, you know, screw themselves down the road. And I, I necessarily don't agree with that. By you even posing this question saying what you just said, it shows your level of maturity. And I think you as young people, you know, I see it in my kids. I have two teenage boys and I see like there's some resistance to maturity. And you have to understand, like you establishing credit. You're not laughing, Ramon. It, it, I, honestly, I think my son would rather me bring him um, McDonald's um, kids lunches, kids, kids, before he decides to look and pick out what he really wants to eat. You know, we actually but,
6: have a surplus of immaturity at my school. Just wanted exactly. to let the other the other ICs know in case they need some on their okay. end too. <laughs> so, so right.
3: So this this in understanding, like to achieve success in life, you eventually have to step up and understand like what you need to be to achieve success. You could be saying, Oh, don't worry. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a a musician, a rapper. But if you don't handle your financial responsibilities, you are going to be, as they say, get got, you're going to get got. You're
4: going to be broke.
3: Yeah. People are going to, people are going to prey on you. I can have a five minute conversation. People have come to me
1: for many different (laughs) things. I
3: started this program. You know, which people have come to me and said, Oh, Sean, um, I have X amount of money. Can you invest it for me? And I immediately say, no, you have to understand what we're investing in. You have to understand your money, what you're doing. And I'm not just going to take your money randomly and put it in something. And you're calling me every day because why haven't I doubled your money? Because that's not what I do. I just teach financial literacy. And if you're calling me, your instructor to just, you only met for four weeks and you're trying to send me thousands of dollars and telling me to do as I please with it. That's the conversation you want to have with me. obviously, there's a level of maturity that needs to happen and understanding. So, you know, when we, and, you know, converting from debit to credit is a big mind change. It's a big shift because now you have to be responsible enough to know that I got to put money aside to pay this card off at the end of the month. But what I you- would love to share, go ahead, go ahead, Jeff.
5: Yeah. I want to add that those of you who are a little cautious, there's nothing wrong with that in terms of you not getting a credit card. You wanna establish the right habits, and that takes time. You haven't really gotten to a point where you're on your own fully, you still may be with your parents, and you don't have a lot of responsibility right now with bills and so forth, even though you may be helping out your family and on different levels. Once you develop the right habit, then you can, you can gradually venture out because now you just, you, just, you just have this desire to pay your bills. You don't wanna leave a bill. I mean, that's what happened with me over time. When I first started many years, when I was your age, I was just very carefree and foolish with credit. And my awakening came when the person who became my wife was a banker. And I wanted to impress her by not being out the loop with certain financial conversations. So that made me be more aware. And over time, once you have a child, you really become aware of every penny that you have to feed your kids. So over time, I got into those habits and each one of you now, if you have the habit from a debit card, you have an, a, a great advantage. You're getting the skills to manage a credit card by wanting to make a payment on time. And once you get, you get yourself a credit card, you follow this chart that's here, get seven eighty you're going to get the same benefits I get with a 780 score. And over time you'll reach 800 and, you know, people will look at you differently when they pull your record.
3: Go ahead, Sean. I want to get back to the, to the gentleman, young, young man that we were speaking, that we were just saying that he prefers a debit card versus a credit card. I want you to understand the trade-offs by doing that. So what are the trade-offs by saying I'm only going to use my debit card versus my credit card? Like people always worry, like sometimes focus on one side of things and don't look at everything in its totality. So if you understand, let's talk about the opportunity cost by you not using the credit card. And do you know what those are? And I want the gentleman that said he prefers to use his debit card versus his credit card. What are the opportunities that you're missing out on by doing so? Hello? Can you hear me? hello
6: who yes. was that sharing prior? yeah we can we can hear you Sean I think the student that was sharing was Hayden um Hayden. I could be wrong though if not I know we got um two hands up from Sanjay and Ralph but that's more so for unrelated commentary or questions looks like so- Hayden beginning to talk go ahead Hayden
7: Oh, I didn't. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought he like disconnected and he needed like someone to say something so that way he knows the audio was good. Um, I, I didn't
3: have a point. Uh, I know you were in the middle of answering another student's question. Okay, so who is the person I just mentioned that they're, they're more comfortable using their debit card versus their credit card? Oh, that may have been me. I guess <laughs> you're still answering my question. <laughs> yeah, so Hayden, I want you to tell me what are the opportunity costs like, you know, in, in, in business and in finance, you have to look at things in its totality, meaning you got to look at the pros and the cons and look at the other side because you, you may be missing an opportunity that you didn't really understand was there present because you're just so focusing on in your mind what not to do. You get it?
5: Yeah. Um, so yeah, what, I, are, what
3: are you missing out on or what are, you, what are you losing? What are you gaining, first of all, by using only your debit card? I think you, you mentioned that, but you're gaining that yeah. self-assurance that you're not going to overspend, Correct yes and so what are you losing now by not using your debit credit by not using a credit card
7: i think i'm losing my urge to i think i'm losing my
3: urge to spend more yes i'm gonna be gaining a lot more but it comes out of Gaining a lot more in what terms okay so let's talk about the business side. let's just talk like kind of from a business perspective take your emotions out looking from a straight practical business mind and and, and, you know, and, and things you have to sometimes focus on the business and, and pulling aside the emo- emotion. So put aside the emotion from a business practicality. What are you losing by not using your credit card versus what are you gaining by using only a debit card? Uh, let's see. Um, I guess you're losing your chances of
7: having a head start into possibly like starting a business. Right. Like, some people have have credit cards to like for a reason, um, I guess, because um, you have a I credit mean,
3: card now. Do you have a credit card now? I do not. I have a debit card. I'm, okay, I'm yeah. So if you were to get a credit card today, what would what would some of the benefits of having that card do for you?
7: I would say like uh, um, pay, pay any fees like it comes out of the account, like it come, it'll like be swifter since it comes like straight out of the account.
3: Okay. Can anybody help them? Um,
7: I would like to say using another person's money to gain money for yourself.
3: Absolutely. And this is where it comes back to, you know, thanking Trey and, and Ramon and Nigel for making us take some steps back to really make sure we drive some key fundamental things home. Cause we go a little too far. I go a little too far not understanding that you really have to understand the basics to really make, wise decisions for yourself so when the reason why i'm pushing this because i want you guys to understand and this is something that's not pushed a lot in our community to understand the benefits of credit what you just said is absolutely right like if you get into the habit of understanding that credit is can be used as an interest-free loan as a loan and really to gain access to money is an opportunity that can that can multiply and grow in many different ways you know just to give you a clear example you know if you can buy a product on your credit card and say you bought it for $5 and you're able to sell it within a 30-day period for $10. You can sell it, gain that money, not use your money to make money, right? You can float. We only, You only have a limited amount of cash. So if you're going to think that you can do everything on a debit card basis, your reach, your growth is only your paycheck. You get it? But if you allow credit, if you get a credit card with a ten thousand dollars balance, twenty thousand dollars. Now you've given hey, I'm yourself more. i sorry
6: to interrupt you, Sean, but um, who is sharing screen right now? You actually went over into your email. The person that's sharing screen right now.
3: Oh, I thought, yeah, I'm like coffee, Sean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No worries. <laughs> no worries, brother. Just wanted to make sure. So, you are limiting your growth. You're limiting your potential. You're limiting your opportunity. And every successful person that's gone through the traditional route of generating wealth, gaining wealth, I'm not talking about the super athlete, but even when they get there, they still are looking. The Jay Z's of this world, the Warren Buffett's of this world, they're still looking for investors. They're still borrowing money using lines of credit. Steve, um, the owner of Amazon, the richest man in the world, which I explained, I think I, I don't know what I explained in this class, but he lives off credit. You know, I could tell you the story of what he does. It's amazing how he avoids paying taxes but he does it by credit, all right? He leverages credit. So the richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos is still leveraging credit. You have to understand that you have to be able to leverage credit and make it work for you. If you're only going to pay everything with your debit card, you're limiting your growth. And then for example, when I talked about earlier where I applied for a card and I got 100,000 miles, I couldn't get that from a debit card. No debit card is going to give me 100,000 miles. And that's basically by just applying and activating this card and using spending like $1,500 on the card and the, and the miles are, automatically put into my account, which would then give me a free trip so I don't have to use my money to buy an airline ticket. And you know, when you start using credit, you realize once you really get into the credit game, how many ways in which you can leverage credit to grow yourself, grow your brand, reach opportunities. Like All of us would love to say, hey, we'd love to buy a house and have our own house, but very little of us can do an all cash deal on a house. And at the end of the day, if you have a good relationship, banks will let you put as far as 10% down or 5% down for first-time homebuyer to acquire your own house, if you're going to wait from paycheck to paycheck to do that, you'll go old and gray and you'll never be able to do it. And from buying that house, you're able to leverage everything you do. I'm a homeowner. Banks look at you different. People treat you different. So you have to really get into the mindset of using credit and being mature enough, like the young lady said earlier, to understand your immaturity levels and know that you have to mature up, even if it means that Every time you put something on your credit card, you move the money over into another checking account or savings account, and putting it aside so that when your credit card payment comes due, you'll have the money to pay it off. But once, hey Sean, you- yes, let me just
5: quickly add: everyone in this class, with what we're teaching you, should be comfortable with having a secured credit card. If it's your first card, it's not costing you anything to have it. It's not costing you anything to um, keep it in your drawer. You use it for Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, Once in the Blue Moon. You build history. The history you build will push your score up. You use it for minor things if you're more comfortable with your debit card. You use your debit card for major things. So you want to build your history. Then when you get a little more mature, you get more responsibility. You have a couple of little ones. You're married. You're living somewhere where you need to be approved for credit, you have history. And that's what's important here. You want that history, even if it's minor things with a secured card that switches over over time to a regular credit card, which is about three to four months. So each one of you will have to go into that maturity. And the sooner you have the card, doesn't mean you have to spend it, doesn't mean you have to run it up, doesn't mean that. All it means is that you have a starting point with history. And as you add a second card or a third card, you also add it because now you're more responsible. And that's the key word here, control and responsibility. Without those two, you end up just like everyone else that I know who knock on my door, they're broke. All right. So this class is teaching you those two aspects, control
3: and responsibility. All right, Sean. So let's go back. Let's go back to Hayden now. So Hayden, I want to ask you back the same question again. Um, Just so everybody so, so you understand and hopefully everybody else listening will understand as well. What are you losing now by having just a debit card and not a credit card? Great
6: question.
4: Can
3: you repeat that? What are you losing now? What are the opportunity costs by only having a debit card versus having a credit card? And I see a hand up as well, so and the gentleman, I'm going to ask you to. Uh...
4: Um, you won't have credit.
3: Okay, you won't have credit, but what does that do to you? How does that ham- How does that hinder you?
4: Um, If you want to, like, say you want to buy, like, a big house, some some of those houses, they run off credit, so you won't be able to get, like, your dream home if you don't have no credit right. to
3: back so, you up. Okay, great. Anybody else can add to that? Well, I would like to piggyback to what I said
7: earlier about, like, using a credit card as this, their money. Is, is this Hayden?
3: Is this Hayden? No, this
7: is Ralph. This is Ralph. Thank you. Hey, Ralph, go ahead. So pretty much you, for every purchase that you make, it will be coming out of pocket from your own money instead of using someone else's money
3: for anything is purpose. that a, is that is that a good thing or bad thing bad thing that's or well, you asking for pros or are you asking for cons i'm just asking you just to speak your mind is that a bad thing i think what you're saying is absolutely yeah, a bad right bad thing it's exactly. a bad thing okay so i agree with you anybody else have anything to add
4: i guess you don't have to like pay back like for like you said before like you take out money i think you have to like pay back
3: Two, is paying back necessarily a bad thing does anybody see it as a bad if I, if, if i lend you a hundred dollars today and i say just pay me a hundred dollars at the end of the month what did you lose you actually got access to money ahead of time and then have then have 30 days to pay it at the end of the month like we have to get oh, an you understanding yourself
4: excuse me you lost a hundred dollars yourself
3: but either way so if i went if we go into a store together and the hat that you're wearing you that hat costs fifty dollars and i say you have the $50 ready to put it out on the table and pay the guy for it. And I say, you know what? I'm going to pay for the hat for the $50. And you pay me the $50 back at the end of the month. So you leave with the hat, correct? Correct? Yeah. You leave with the hat and you leave your $50 still in your pocket. Correct? Yeah. And what are the terms of our agreement? What do you have to do now? You have to just pay me back at the end of the <laughs> month. Correct? Yep. So what if you now walk into another store and you saw, I don't know, a bag that was for $50, but you know you could sell that bag for $100. You still have your $50 that you could use to buy that bag. Or you still have your $50 to maybe pay your cell phone bill, or whatever if something's coming due. But and knowing that, okay, I have this deliverable at the end of the month, so I have 30 days in which I need to pay back Sean. And this is the wealth mindset of like using other people's money to use your money to do other bigger and better things. You get it? And this is like something small. It's just having that, that instilled in your mind, like the gentleman was saying, Ralph was saying about using other people's money.
0: Alright, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on Us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of forty-five dollars equivalent to fifteen dollars per month. Unlimited over forty gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty P. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four. Get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG
3: And I know it may not click hundred percent right away, but if you understand And using other people's money doesn't mean not paying them back. It doesn't mean stealing other people's money. It means leveraging that access to that credit and using it in a productive way. Like my entire shipping logistic business runs off of credit. 100% all credit from everybody I owe. I try to put it on a credit card every month and I let the card go and I pay it off full in every month and the difference is mine. That's how I run my business. And that's how a lot of big companies run their business. They leverage credit. They leverage, and that's relationships. You're lever- I'm leveraging my relationship with American Express. I'm leveraging my relationship with the banks. So that when I do apply for something, like now I'm applying to, to purchase a piece of real estate, they look at my history and they say, "Wow, well, you've always paid your credit card on time. We've always borrowed you money. You pay it back. We borrow, you pay it back. Sure, we'll give you money to buy a building. But if I'm doing everything by cash, Nobody knows the extent of my relationship. Nobody knows that I'm paying every, I'm doing cash for everything. Nobody cares. You can't leverage paying everything in cash. Is that making I sense? Have,
7: yes. I have a question. So sure. when looking for a credit card, should you look for a low APR or a high APR?
3: Well, I would say a low APR, mm-hmm. uh, of course. And you're young, and you know, a student, you want to pay the minimum amount of interest as possible, but, if you pay it off in full, does it matter what the APR is. If you know every month you're going to not pay a balance, then the APR is a mute point because you're not going to be charged interest because every month you're going to pay it off. But as a safety net, if you feel that like you're going to have to carry a balance every now and then, then you're looking for the lowest APR. So to answer okay. your question, I would say yes.
5: As long as the card it doesn't have an annual fee. You're starting off with your first card. It shouldn't have an annual fee. Yeah, it
3: doesn't. And hey, hey, I'm going to give you another example of why a credit card it's important to have because <clears throat> there's a thing called cashback. Does anybody know what cashback is? You see my credit card, 3%, 4% cash back. Tell me at that. Supermarket,
2: that gas stations. Um, anytime you make a purchase on your credit card, using that card um, at one of those different like uh, industries or. Or like, some cards uh, just in
3: general. Yeah. General. Yeah. Or just yeah. in general,
2: depending on yeah. what kind of reward you have, you can get money back per transaction. So if your if your transaction was hundred dollars and you get one percent back per transaction, you get a dollar back per every hundred dollars you spend.
3: Yeah, three percent cashback. I've seen. I've yeah. seen five percent cashback. That mm-hmm. means. So if we go into a store once again, let's get back to the hat analogy, and it's fifty dollars. And you walk in, and you give them fifty dollars cash for the hat. You walk out with the hat. If I put it on my card and I have a five percent cashback, and I and I put it on my card, that means I pay forty-seven fifty for that hat, and you paid fifty dollars. Now, multiply that by 10, by 20, by 100, and think how much you're saving, you know. So even still, just as a benefit, you get an instant discount on items when you use a credit card. Does that make
5: Uh, sense? Sean, I I don't want to interrupt, but I think for the sake of
3: time, I think we should move to the next slide just to try to condense more of this information. Let's slide it in. I just want to make sure everybody is is understanding the pros and the cons and you know we can you can you know speak offline about this more but you have to understand it and i'm not trying to force you into credit but just know that there's nobody that can tell you that creating wealth and becoming successful and having financial stability doesn't include credit you can't ignore that elephant in the room. as you get older and you get more mature and you find you have less use for credit sure no problem but if you want to build yourself and you want to accomplish things and build that wealth that I, I keep saying, then you have to understand that credit should be part of your mindset. All right. So let's go to the next slide. Um, so the difference between credit score, I think we talked about this. We can we can go through this slide quickly. <clears throat> All the credit bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, Equifax, their responsibility is just to collect the information, Okay. They're not 100% responsible for making sure that the information is correct. It's your responsibility to review your credit report and getting back to credit again. There's a lot of credit cards that offer free credit reports so that when you have their card, you can look at your credit report as frequently as you want to see what's going on with your credit. You know, I'm in the habit, I don't go anywhere else, but look at my Discover card and American Express and look at my credit report from there, rather than pay anybody to to pull it for me. So you can, it's your responsibility to make sure that um, everything reported to these three agencies is true and correct. But a good rule of thumb is that if their credit scores are all similar, like what it's showing here, Experian, TransUnion, Equifax, all showing similar scores within, you know, a 10, 10 point range or so, then more than likely the information may be reported correctly to all three boroughs. But there's going to be something that's in, in there that can be fixed. Like, for example, my friend's mother, when she was looking to buy a house, she asked me to help her. And when we got approved for the mortgage, she had like a 780 credit score. And when we were ready to close, the week that we were ready to close, her score, her score was like 650. And because her score dropped so much, it pushed her out of a certain interest rate she was getting, meaning she was going to have to pay more monthly. And when I reviewed her credit report, and she was a custom officer and she had full medical. She had an ambulance pick her up one time and they billed her instead of her insurance. And, you know, she just ignored it because she was like, why are they billing me? I have insurance. Hopefully it'll fix itself and blah, blah, blah. They kept sending her notices. She just basically kept ignoring. And we've all been that when we know we're right. So at the end of the day, it showed up in her credit report of this ambulance bill that was outstanding. So what I did is I pushed back the closing because I know you're not going to pay more. Let's fix this. I basically called the hospital, gave them her current insurance. They went and pulled the charges back from um, her to the the insurance. And her credit score shot back up within a couple of weeks. So then we then had to reschedule the closing. So and she got the lower rate. So these are things are staying on top of your credit report to make sure that everything is correct. But if anything is wrong, you can go directly to Experian, Equifax, TransUnion. I identify you tell them what the problem. You can't just call them and be like, "Yo, my credit report is messed up." Yo, what's wrong? My credit and you have to say specifically what the issue is, and provide them with evidence to show that you know this isn't true or this was fixed, this was resolved, so that it would uh, fix your credit report. And I've done this. I've seen errors in my credit report that I've had to have had fixed. You probably all will go through this once in your life right um is everybody with me does that make sense
2: yeah sean i just wanted to add on a little bit to that last piece too because um in regards to um like medical bills and that example i think that's an example that honestly if a lot of our students or even us as staff members um or just adults in general um if we were to ask anybody around us or maybe two to three people um i'm sure that they have some story of a medical bill that they may have forgot about or they felt like was going to disappear off of their uh, report or they wouldn't have to pay, um, whether it was like $10 or upwards of thousands of dollars. Um, some of us, I don't know why, I don't want to say some of well, I should say some of us because I was a part of this <laughs> group as well at one point, um, but we believe that medical bills will disappear at some point um, and they may not Absolutely. ask for the money ASAP, but trust me, they will always pop back up in, a, in that example, Sean, I just like sparked that memory. Um, what well, that. No, train absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's such a great point. Cause we assume certain things that we know are just erroneous or like, it's going to go away. Mm-hmm. It won't. But if you, if you, and this is just a general rule of thumb, like, you know, to be proactive in your life, to be assertive rather than reactive, you know, is it'll, it'll change your whole scope and your whole reach on your success. If you become more proactive, a lot of us are just reactive. We yeah. don't react until it happens rather than seeing what the problem is. And before it affects you, resolving it, you know, it's kind of even like best practices when it comes to health and fitness. I mean, not to get personal, but you should be working out for the simple fact that it prevents you from getting sick down the road. It prevents you from having to take medication down the road. It prevent, it gives you a healthy lifestyle because, you know, yes, making money is fun. Building financial wealth is fun. But it, it does nothing for you if you're doing it unhealthy, if you have headaches, if you have obesity issues if you have dietary issues and you know I'm in my 40s and I've seen a lot of my friends that just had bad diet practices where it's affecting them now and they can't live the quality of life that they thought they could live because of restrictions health-wise so if you're young I always give this scenario about like a Porsche and a Civic a Honda Accord or something you know a, a the Porsche maybe uh, become the better engine the better car but if you don't change that Porsche's oil, if you don't maintain that car and, and take care of it, while the person with the Honda is taking care of his car, changing the oil, doing the right things, rotating the tires, making sure everything is good, the Honda will outlast the Porsche any given day. So there's some people that are born with great, you know, great genes, great genetics, they're healthy, they're athletic, they they have a an 18-pack, and I can't even get a one-pack, but eventually that 18-pack guy or girl does not take care of her body it's going to lose itself, and the person that has the one pack will eventually outperform that person. So as you as young people, it's just being mindful of your youth and your health and not taking it for granted. You know, and it could be as simple as you know, instead of one day a week, you decide to walk home versus take the train. You know, You stay active and stay sharp and don't let things overwhelm you and stress you out. That's my health tip.
6: Hey, Sean, I just got a good question, right, uh, For my guy, for my guy, Ralph, sitting right across the hall from me, uh, right across uh, uh, the room from me. Uh, he was asking if there's any times that, you know, a credit card will ask for some kind of like down payment or a fee to get, you know, started with the credit card. or, to,
3: or great, to question. Like great, limit. Yeah. great question. Well, Jeff hinted at it, Mr. 850 hinted at it by calling a secured credit card. And I, and I guess by definition, let me explain what that is. So everybody can be a pre-approved for a secured credit card. And what a secured credit card basically means is that they're going to ask you to put up $500, $1,000. Whatever you put up is a limit on that card, right? So you're only really using your own money to obtain credit. So as you, um, as you bring that down, like say, for example, you have a $500 secured credit card and you put $100 um, on the card. Next month, $100 will be due to bring it back to that $500 secured limit. So it's kind of like a good way, an introduction, introductory way to build your credit. And, you know, let's call it, you know, the training wheels on a bicycle. Then eventually you can get rid of the training wheels and get an unsecured card. An unsecured card means that you're not putting your money up. You're really using, in it's true definition, credit. You know, boring somebody else's money, the company's money to purchase goods and service for a given period of time and hopefully paying it off the next month. So I'm not aware of credit cards companies charging a, a welcome fee, initiation fee. There could be an annual charge, but it, it, it happens after the first anniversary. You're not hit with it immediately. You're hit with it after, I think, mo- in most cases, year one. I could be wrong, but for the cards that I've applied for in my terms, you don't pay the annual fee upfront. You pay it after the first year of usage. Um,
2: and Sean, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was going to ask a follow-up question to um, your explanation just now. Do you feel that uh, with the secured card, um, since it is our own money for the most part, it is. as we're paying it back, or I guess like maintaining a schedule, um, mm-hmm. I guess going back to my earlier question with like the rates of how quickly your credit score rises or drops, um, do you feel that a secured card would rise at a slower rate compared to an unrestricted card or a similar rate
3: faster as far as interest rates?
2: Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. As far as interest rates.
3: I mean, no, no, I'm
2: sorry. I'm sorry. As far as credit scores. Well, let me just yeah, talk, about, inter- let me yeah, just talk cool. about
3: interest rates on a secured credit card. So mm-hmm. most credit cards don't charge interest rates, but they do charge transaction fees. Mm-hmm. Because really, it's your own money you're putting up. But every time you do a transaction, it's a $295 charge, of dollars That's how they make their money off charging you per transaction. Okay. So like I said... I think you only want to have your training wheels on for a certain period of time or it's going to slow you down. Right. I love that analogy. You don't see, you know, grown people driving with training wheels on because it's going to slow them down. So eventually you got to come off the training wheels and let loose (laughs) get the unsecured credit card because it'll hit you with fees every time you try to do a transaction.
2: Okay. All right. That makes sense. All
3: right. Thank you. Um, Let's go to the next slide. Is everybody okay? Any more questions? That so many have, these are all great questions, by the way. There's no bad question, and these are all great questions. I love the question because it makes me think. Because sometimes I have to think things through to make sure that I'm explaining it in the way that I it needs to be explained. Um cash versus credit. I think we've talked about this throughout the class, but this is a summary of it. What's the difference? Okay. Credit cards are short-term financing, They're compounding interest, next billing day. um, After 30 days. So basically, it's saying that you will not pay the interest if you pay it before 30 days, but after 30 days, interest increases. Credit limits are based on your credit score. The higher your credit score, it shows, hey, this person has the potential to pay us back. We'll give them greater terms, better terms and higher credit limits. Annual fee versus no fee. I think initially, as young people, you should be looking for cards that do do not charge an annual fee. But like, for example, if you get back to the analogy that I just got where I told you I just got um, a Capital One car where they gave me 100,000 miles, there is an annual fee to it. The annual fee is $395. Now, do I think that's high? No, because right away I'm getting two round-free tri- tickets that I know would cost me more than $400. And they have so many cashback components of places that I frequently use from FedEx to J Crew to Staples to um, – different place to Netflix, all these different discounts and cashbacks that I think I will make, I will save more than $395 a year by having this card. But I think as you young people, as you get to understand credit cards, credit cards are personal. So it's something that you want that works for your lifestyle. Like, you know, I like a travel card because, you know, I like to travel now that COVID is, I I would call it at the endemic, unless a new variant comes out, I'm going to increase my travel. And I want to make sure I have a card that can give me limited spend when it comes to travel. You know, I love it when I travel and I realize, you know, it's just, I, would, I spent less here than I would have been when I, if I was in New York. That makes me feel like it is a good trip because maybe the cost, like when I was in Costa Rica, the food was top-notch, excellent, healthy food. And I was spending less on meals in Costa Rica than I was spending if I had been in New York and getting much better food, healthier food. So credit cards can allow you to limit your expenses, but you have to really figure out What card works for you? And as young people right now, I would say you really want to focus on cashback component. You want to get like a Discover or a Capital One card or something like that. That's going to really give you a discount so you can save your money. Because I know when I was in college, I was broke. So any little chance that I can have to save money, I think is the best route to go, in my opinion. So I would say you're more want to look at no fee cards that offer great cashback rewards and are more favored towards students.
6: Mr. Sean, I had a quick question, because I know most students will probably be going for secure credit cards um, mm-hmm. at your uh, as your first credit card. Do do like most banks offer secure credit cards or like how does that work?
3: Yeah, and you can get them online. I mean, they're, they're available online. And like I said, you know, you do it for a few months, you pay some transaction fees to build up your credit. And eventually you go back to that same organization and ask for an unsecured credit card. You, don't want, to, you don't want You don't want. You You don't want to live in a secured credit card for like I would say no more than a year. If you're doing. If you're doing all the right things, by the time a year closing in on a year, you somebody's going to approve you for a secured for unsecured credit card.
5: Yeah, and Sean, um, whomever you are banking with, you can check to see if they have student cards as well, which is another way to get in. And um, those are no fee cards, and they'll give you an entryway to getting your first credit card.
3: And don't assume that you may you don't you won't get approved for an unsecured credit card. You know, to me, I'm always I'm not as scared of the word no. Like you can apply initially because when I was in high school, a college, I got an unsecured credit card. So you may get one initially without having to go secured route. So don't assume that. Because you're a student, you only can qualify for security. Every credit card offers promotions, they change all the time. And depending how much they want to open or close their floodgates, they'll they'll open it up to students, first time credit card applies, but they'll just limit your, you know, your, your, they'll just minimize you, you know, limit how much credit they, 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 lend, how much money they lend you.
5: And, and Sean, you know, one of the things I realized with this class is that, the young people here are experiencing so much change rapidly that the credit system itself, I can see that um, Hmm. sooner or later, a debit credit blend will come on the market. And that way they can have the best of both worlds. I don't know if that's available right now, but I can see companies coming out with a debit credit card that blends the best of both worlds. So you know, plus your cards are going to end up going the way of China, where everything is done through your phone, or, you know, other ways of, of making electronic payments. Yeah, but right, right now,
3: I have the, the wallet on my phone. So I don't even walk around with my physical credit card. I mean, exactly. I go exactly. through the wallet, but that's all, you know, technology as it goes forward and whatnot. But it's still about credit and understanding, you know, how to use credit. And I was even just saying, Experian, I, th- I don't know really talk I talked about it with you guys, but we, I did on one of our episodes, Experian right now understands there's a population that doesn't rather be cash and carry and that hasn't an established credit. And they found a way where you can have credit history without establishing credit. And it, and, and as an immigrant to the United States, I'm so happy they found this, because Imagine if your parents came here or you, or you came here and you're in your late 30s, 40s, and you did all the right things in your native country, paid your bills on time, you owned a home, and you kind of moved here and gave up your life in your other country to come here. And you basically have to start at square one, even because your credit doesn't carry over from your previous country, which I think is sad. And being an immigrant, I can understand how that could be hurtful. You may have to, you may have only, you hear somebody go, like, I had a big home where I was from and I have to come here now and rent an apartment because you haven't established credit. They're asking those same questions. Do you have credit? How long do you have credit history? What have you done? And if you've done all the right things well in your country, they'd be like, well, that doesn't count. So what Experian has come out with, which I think is great, is that if you pay your rent, you pay your cell phone, you pay your utilities, if it comes out of a checking account and you've had good payment history, you can um, connect your uh, checking account, link your checking account to Experian or Experian and it'll keep track of your good payment history for utilities and for rent and so forth. And that will add to your credit score. So in actuality, you don't even need a credit card to increase your credit score. You just have to show good payment history, showing the money coming out of your checking account every month, paying on time and that kind of stuff, which I think is fair. So that will help increase, accelerate, increase your credit score. So you don't have to establish the traditional credit to obtain good credit. Does that make sense?
5: So Sean, you have the last question on this chart. What's the last question?
4: When should you not use a credit card? Yes.
6: That's an interesting
4: uh, question. Anybody have the answer?
6: I'm going to just start yeah. off and say, when well, you don't have the money to pay it back. I think uh, oh, that uh, is exactly what, a a what I was going to say. A, um, y'all, I keep on using this example. I was 21. That's a I good uh, it was a very affordable trip. I, I bought a flight to New Orleans about four hundred dollars on a five hundred uh, on a five hundred dollar limit. It took me almost two years.
3: So how much uh, that trip really to cost pay you? That off
6: because I didn't have. I, I, at that time I, I bid off more than I can chew. So that, how much I,
3: did that trip? How much do you think that trip really cost? How much do you think that airline really taught after you paid interest oh, on man, that?
6: man, bro! All, so what you're saying is it's off like interest, right, Sean? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So for that four hundred, I paid double, ladies and gentlemen, at least eight hundred.
3: Exactly. I also have
2: a similar story as well, I can add to that, uh, one of my earliest experiences with credit, um, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with this, care credit, when you go to um, like a healthcare um, facility, or you go to get your glasses done, or um, you have a doctor's appointment, uh, they, I don't want to say swindled me, because I know that they're doing their job, but um, they got me to, uh, to consider a care credit card, though I had no plans on using that prior um, but once I heard that I didn't necessarily need to put any money down in that mo- at that moment, or I might have only had to put down maybe like $50 to $100 compared to like $500 or $600 for two, two pairs of glasses that I was getting, um, I honestly was very happy with that thought and signed up. Um, sure enough, I didn't fully understand what I was getting myself into and that it was actually like having a second credit card. Um, And I also wasn't in a place where I could technically pay back both my regular student card and that credit card um, at the same time, or at least honestly, thinking back, I wasn't a place where I could have, but I definitely wasn't maturity wise. Um, I wasn't thinking about it. Um, I was just having fun. So definitely uh, a lot of us have these experiences. If you ask family members or even just even teachers or staff at school, um, a lot of us have experiences like this where we can talk to you guys about it.
3: Yeah. And I've, I've gotten, got myself just recently. I went brought my kids to the, that trampoline place where they can jump up and down all day. you know, and it was like $80 a head and it was my two kids and it my son's friend, So it was like three of us. So they're like, Hey, if you apply for our membership package, you only got to pay $40 each. And I'm like, let's do it. So I did it, gave them my information and I didn't realize I was signing a contract to be billed every month. <laughs> And I live in Brooklyn, and this trampoline place was in New Rochelle. And I was like, oh, they got me. And I saw my credit card being charged $47. 47 and, it, you know, I had to, and this is like, if, I, if, it was, if it was linked to my debit card, I would have had to eat that $47 for that month. But because I put it on my credit card, I called American Express right away, and I said, I didn't agree to this. I thought I was just paying a one-time thing. I, I called the trampoline place explain that to them and I and I restricted um, them from being able to uh, charge my card every month because you can flag them your credit card company will support you so flag them so no further payments could come out and I disputed the charge with my credit card company for the previous month and long story short I got it back but it's one thing like you know I'm at the it was this quick thinking and had I given a debit card I would never have gotten that 47 dollars back for that month
5: And Sean, that's a a bit of wisdom that I learned from someone many years ago, and they explained to me, the big primp giveth, and the little primp taketh away. So you guys, you know, whatever you see that's thrown into your face, whether it's giant 50% off, you know, almost buy one, get two free. And then charge it now, whenever you go into these stores, they'll say, oh, if you if choose our charge card, you'll get 20% off or 25%. There's a small print that has some sort of glitch to it that you're not aware of. So just the COVID, just something to be aware of that everything that looks like gold is not always gold.
3: Right. And just to just sum it up in just certain terms so you can sort of drive the message on once again, a credit card gives you that extra layer of protection. And the goods and services that you purchase so for like me being an egghead and not catching that i was able to still cover myself so it's like you know big brother looking out for you if you have a credit card so that you can correct a problem if it something happens that you didn't really agree to or you didn't understand the terms of of the contract that you were at, the terms of the agreement um let's and also don't up. be
5: afraid because if you make a mistake that's life we all make mistakes we're all human here when no no one's walking on water I mean, just this last month, I, I got a call from my mortgage company saying I didn't make my payment. And I'm like, it's got to be a crank call. So I just hung up. I called my mortgage company and what happened? I didn't make the payment. So they wanted to charge me $50 on top of that. And fortunately, I asked them to look at my history and to remove or give me a waiver on the late fee. And then which day you saw, I never missed the pain, but they took the $50 away. But we all can make mistakes. And that's what we're basically saying. Don't fear what you really need to keep you in a better position
2: with the right habits.
3: Exactly. Let's go to the next slide. We have like five minutes left. Let's see what's on the next slide.
2: I just really quickly wanted to say also that that phrase that you use, Mr. 850, um, big print giveth and little print take it the wayeth, I honestly am writing that down and I will never forget that <laughs> because there's so like many that. examples where that has been true. Um, I, I just hope everybody really um, zoned in on that and really realized what he was talking about. <laughs> the fine print.
3: Well, we're, uh, next class, we'll get into looking at an actual credit report. We'll go over the specifics just so you understand it. We're going to be quick with it. But it's just really to get your feet wet, so you understand. Actually, I think Dion may be teaching the next class, but the one after we will then go through quickly a credit report, so everybody understands it and what and what it means. So, does anybody? Have, we have five minutes left. Let's just open up the the, the phone lines, as they say, and, and you know, open up the lines. And does anybody have any questions? Anything that's unclear? Because I know once again we we talked about a lot, and I just want to make sure that you're you're clear of the things we covered today. I think it was a good class, by the way. It was very. Everybody kind of, everybody was participating and it, and it makes the class, it makes the class exciting in my opinion. Any questions?
4: And they can be specific questions
2: from the, the, the material that we covered today, <laughs> or it could be something that you've thought of as a result of something you've heard today.
3: Correct. Hey mm-hmm. not to pick on you, but what are your thoughts now that we've gone through credit and debit?
7: Uh, I, I, think, I think I've learned a lot. You know, I think I, I, know better, I know better how to control, how to, uh, I know like where, like how, I, pros and cons. Uh,
3: good, good. Correct. And the decision comes ultimately is, is your decision, but I just, you need to understand the pros and cons exactly. All right. So what about Kai? What did you learn? And Joseph, you're next. What did you learn?
4: I learned the, the differences between uh, the, the advantages and disadvantages of
7: having. We can you hear me? Uh, clearly, yep yeah, We can hear you. All right. I learned the advantages and disadvantages of having a credit card and a debit card and reasons to not shy away from
6: owning a credit card.
3: Oh, wonderful. Well said. Well spoken. You got a radio voice, Kai. Oh, Joseph. Sorry. <laughs> Joseph, what did you learn? We what? Are you Joseph or are you Kai? I'm Joseph. Okay, Joseph here. Okay, so let's go to Carmela. What did you learn?
4: Um, I learned that um,
1: that you could earn more things with um,
4: credit than you can with
1: debit. And if you get a debit card,
4: I mean a credit card, that um it could benefit you in the long run don't be afraid and if you are afraid there are secured um credit cards to help you get into credit where you don't have to um you know get into borrowing other people's money you can put up your money up front first before you start getting into like unsecured cards
3: oh my god you're making me cry beautiful beautiful (laughs) Beautiful. you guys are amazing you guys are amazing because, you know, talking to a screen, one, I always if the messages hit home. But, you know, just for you understanding that and knowing that and knowing it's your choice and what your options are, this is what we want to teach you young people because it puts you in such a huge advantage point. So you I just understanding. Is really yeah, somebody great. has a question. Who's this? Um, is, it, is it true that you have to make sure you don't have any, like, um, fees on your credit card before paying a bill? You, in general, you should look and see what the fees are. Like for example, I had a more, had a conversation with my mortgage company today. Just I just felt like I was getting horrible customer service. I sent an email to the CEO, and then we finally met with their representative, and I got into fees. Like, why am I charged this fee? Why am I charged? Tra- you have the right to challenge any fee. Don't assume that you have to pay this fee. You have the right to push back and question a fee, even if it was a two dollars, a dollar doesn't matter you have that right it's things are not people assume that because you automatically comes out it's automatic you have to pay no you have the right to dispute it and question that fee and in the country that we live in we live in a fee country okay fee where they find any way to pinch at us fee little pinch fee fivefold. so <laughs> if you get into the habit if you don't understand a fee don't assume you have to understand it don't it's, don't be cowardly or think that you know they're going to attack you if you do it's your money protect your money so if there's a fee that's given that you don't understand, that you don't feel it's deserving of you, then you call and you question that fee. Like Jeff just said, okay. And in and, and reality, he paid his mortgage payment late for whatever reason it was. But he was like, no, I've been with you guys for too long. I've made too many good payments. I'm not paying this fee at the end of the day. And they reversed it. Even though in black and white, it says, if you pay late, here's what you pay. But he said, and he knows this is well enough. No, I can challenge this. I don't care what, and smart businessmen, when you're around them, you realize how much they challenge the system, how much they challenge the narrative. And Jeff, first instinct was, so what? I did pay late, but I have no fault to the bank, but doesn't mean I can't get credit back for it. And that's the mindset. The bank wants to make Jeff happy. So they're gonna do what they can to keep him happy. Had he had numerous late payments, not paying anything on time, been a horrible client in that sense and they would never have credited him back but because his history shows and he said to them look at my history look at my report card what does my report card say i've been an a-plus student i am not accepting this a-minus right now because i've been an a-plus student with you guys
5: and i would i would add to that whether it's a bank whether it's the government where you owe the irs a fee uh, because of a late payment on a, on amounts that you owe and they're charging you some sort of late fee whatever late fee it is you can always for the first time you can always ask for a waiver all they can tell you is no but exactly. you know you know you'll you'll be surprised how many people never ask
3: so always ask that's the uh, first way to negotiate all right so we're going to end it here but i want to just get your feedback If you guys can give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, and, you know, if they had any comments on today's class, so I can take a quick look through it to make sure that we are good. All right. So I expect everybody as a participation fee to give me a thumbs up, thumbs down, or a comment if they prefer.
2: So use the the thumbs up or the the emotion. If you go to, let me go over to the right.
3: Or you can just literally write thumbs up if you want. Yeah, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. (laughs)
2: Uh Uh-huh. But there's the thumbs up feature, there's the heart feature, yeah, mhm. let's see. All right, we got some thumbs going. We have a hundred Oh, it's oh okay. someone sent me one individually specifically to read, but um privately, I mean, um, but we have another thumbs up. <laughs> let's see. Great. okay,
3: so once you give us your thumbs up or thumbs down, then you can sign out, and we'll see you guys next week. So I'm looking, I see three, there were 32 people in this class. So I expect to see mm-hmm. 20 something reactions.
2: All right. So let's see what we there have. There we
3: go. Oh, great.
2: Foreign now. Mm-hmm. So once again, if you guys have any other questions too, feel free to forward them. You can drop them in the chat really quickly. We can take them into account for next class. Um, But definitely feel free to reach out to your internship coordinators to just Follow up with any other questions that you have and don't want to forget.
3: All right.
5: Sounds good. Looks good. Yeah,
2: we're having a good.
5: No,
3: thank you guys. Thank you guys. No, thank you, Trey man. Thank you, brother. You guys are going to
5: be powerful, powerful consumers because you're educated. Nothing more dangerous than an educated consumer. Remember that no one can take your control unless you give it up. Yes. Do not give up your control. Keep the controllables in your hands.
2: Mm-hmm. And the one thing they can't take away from you is your knowledge. Anything that you've learned exactly. already put into practice and that sticks with you as long as you allow it to.
3: And you know. in every business or deal that I go through. Like having knowledge is so, so valuable. You have no idea. So, the more you educate yourself, the more you gain knowledge. And that's why I'm a knowledge seeker, just so I can defend myself. I seek knowledge as a way just to defend myself. And the more you gain, the more you learn, the more you understand, the more you can't be taken advantage of.
2: Sean, I see so I see eye to eye with that because a lot of times when people laugh, um, when I tell them I watch documentaries a lot in my free time, <laughs> just like random documentaries. I find a, a random video on YouTube about something that I'm interested in, or it might be a tutorial. Now I watch it. Um, and. Yeah. Rare random enough that information comes up in conversations with supervisors or absolutely other, other um, organizations that we're partnering with um, in random ways. So, I yeah. definitely see eye to eye with that.
3: Yeah, simple analogy was like, okay, for example, I'm renovating my home, and anytime my contractors do things, they want to call it adds on add ons where they add fees because they're changing a door and it wasn't we didn't agree on that, but they're doing adding value, they're painting a wall, and they call it adds on. So when I'm looking through the agreement on Sunday, you know, I was able to depict the architectural plans and read it and understand it. I'm like, okay, they're doing these great add-ons, but they're things they're not doing, which I had to then term it and call it removals. Okay, if you want to charge me for things that you're adding on, I should be able, to, in essence, to charge you for things that you're not having to do anymore. Mm. And I was able to articulate in an email and copy the architect and kind of put it together in a way that they understand and give that relationship to them so that they couldn't dispute my argument. Mm-hmm. And this is part of, you know, uh, being educated and an understanding. Like I made sure when the architect, I'm understanding the process of understanding how things work so I can ask intelligent questions and give intelligent responses. So this is another factor when I say about, you know, knowing your business, because this is something, not something my architect's not going to look into my favor to find ways in which I can save money. That's my job, you know, yeah. and making sure that you're, you're intelligent enough to respond to them in a professional manner where they have to adhere to what you're saying.
4: Yes, agreed. Uh, it, it's, it's funny I say that. I was just telling my son that, you know, a lot of times in our culture, it's like you got to be big, bad physically, you know, right. but a lot of times
7: you'll have somebody who be tough as nails physically, <laughs> but he'll get outsmarted in a second.
5: Exactly. You know, and, and, and when it comes
3: to an intellectual battle, they cower, exactly. you know, so that, you know, we got we to gotta start fighting with our minds. Exactly. And we're able to mix the street savviness, cause don't shy away from street sense and what you, if you're in, you know, if you're in a community where that's been the norm, man, that's a valuable skills. Okay. I've mm-hmm. seen people that come that are smart, smart, have all this book sense, but don't have the savviness. But if you can combine that, then you uh-huh. can't be stopped, you know? So don't let anybody ever shy you away from the fact that you have all this quote unquote street knowledge or savviness, just use it to your advantage. Use what you've learned in your community and outside of your community to grow who you are, you know? So I agree with you hundred percent. And I've been in so many situations where I've seen somebody, I understand what they're talking about. They know it, but they're not able to articulate what they're talking about. They're not able yeah. to express what they're talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's where the advantage. Flustered. Exactly. <laughs> you, they know, get you get then
6: you, then you spaz out and start cursing people out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, you, you know, know, it's funny as you laugh, at, but it's truth. I mean, I, 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 I know it's, it should be a Trey, you're just dropping gems because that's what happens. They get frustrated uh-huh. and they just start cursing out and then you're not taken seriously. You're not listened to uh, anymore. Yes. Now you're, you're escorted out. <laughs> exactly. And then you just fit into a profile. Yeah, that's how they act. Yeah. That's how they do it. Look yeah, what happened. Sure. Look, how, look how Sean is acting out. He's wilding out. Look at that. No, you know, let's call mm-hmm. Michelle Obama. When they go low, we go high.
2: Exactly. And a lot of times yeah. they might have noticed that you had the right things to say, but you just gave them an out.
3: <laughs> or or, or, or oh my god well said nigel you just yeah. gave them the out you're saying all the right things and then you can't articulate yourself anymore you get frustrated and like oh now they're going to jump all over that and you gave them the out absolutely and exactly. mm-hmm.
2: in, in so many situations so many environments um i'm sure we have examples of that
3: yeah that's mm-hmm. why the, this is why the importance of an education beyond the marks and the gpa it's you know like even when it comes to my kids i just want them to go to a school where it gives them critical thinking yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> That's it. Being able to problem solve. Being able to problem solve, Trey. Like, it's, I don't care what the title of the school is. As long as it teaches you mm-hmm. critical thinking, problem solving, yes. then that's the school on my list. Mm-hmm.
5: And I want to add to everyone on this, <laughs> on this call, just keep a mindset that I can figure this out. I have to sleep on it. I have to maybe get some, some counseling on it. But I can figure whatever's in your way, you can figure it out. And that's Absolutely. the mindset that I've tried to take and I've tried to share with my kids as well. I don't care what's in front of you. You can figure it out. Just go to YouTube, sit down with some friends. I Sometimes me and Sean kick it a little bit. We go through different ideas. And that's what, that's what good circles and networks are all about. People who can help you figure life's issues out. Anyway, uh, I think we had a great, great uh, <laughs> coming together today, and I wanted to thank everyone who, who showed up, mm-hmm. and showing up is 99.9% of everything.
3: <laughs> yes. All right. Thank <laughs> you, guys. Uh, you know, thank so. you. Thank you, Ooh, thank you man. Lovely. Much love, man. It was a great class. Yeah, also, yeah. send, me, send me the audio when you're done, even the end, right? Send the whole thing to me. Gotcha.
2: Yeah, no problem. It's still recording now, so I'll, I'll end it All now. All right.
3: Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay.